How's it going? Going, Mac. Perfect, Billy boy. Absolutely perfect. They uh, was giving me 10,000 watts a day, you know, and I'm hot to trot. Next woman takes me on is going to light up like a pinball machine and pay off in silver dollars. <laughs> with me kicking the mic stand. <laughs> Thank. 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 That's a sound effect you don't see in comics very often. Thwank. 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 I don't even know what that's for. Is I it don't a know. kicking sound? I don't a know. Thwank. I feel like it's a metal sound. Like flesh on metal? Why did you flesh? say that word? I, I could have said you. moist flesh on God metal. Damn <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> what about this no eating on the podcast thing? Tic Tacs. Tic Tacs. Cinnamon Tic Tacs. Because they started making those again. <laughs> Yay. They quit making them for a while. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Jeff. How you doing? Good. How are you? You know, I'm okay. Could be better, but it's fine for the most part. <laughs> what did I say about Valley Girl? Uh, that's right. You don't let me do that. <gasps> I'm so sorry. I apologize about that entire thing. But so what are we to watch? <laughs> Apparently I just turned into a sheep. What? Well, now that we've made noises and completely just mumbled for the first two minutes of the episode. It's appropriate because we watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> you have a point. You have a point there, Lindsay. I'm sorry. I apologize that I didn't think about that through. So welcome, everyone, to number 33 on the AFI Top 100, which is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest from 1975. Mm-hmm. Rated R. No. Two hours and 13 minutes. It is a straight up drama. Yeah, this is a drama. There's some laughs in it, but yeah. it's not like it's, they didn't go for a comedy. It was the way that they portrayed it. 8.8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. 79 Metascore. We haven't had a Metascore in no. a while, have we? Directed by Milos Forman. Uh, the novel is written by Ken Kesey. I read it in high school in novel study. I also, that was the last time I saw this movie. Yes. And starring several people, including Jack Nicholson, <laughs> Louise Fletcher, um, Scatman Crothers, Danny DeVito, uh, Christopher Lloyd, and Brad Dorf. Dorif? Dorif. Dorif. I keep mispronouncing his name. I apologize. Brad Dorif. Brad Dorif. Yeah. I, I thought at first you were just going to say. He was in Dune. You guys want to watch Dune? <laughs> I thought at first you were just going to oh, say. Uh, he was on S.H.I.E.L.D. On. Which one? Agents of On Shield. Agents of Shield. Um, he, he was Thomas Nash. Played yes. Just FYI. Um, I actually, you know, I'm sorry. I thought at the beginning when you were like, and the movie stars a bunch of people. Yeah. I thought you were just gonna go on and like leave it at that. No, I'm not actually gonna list off the people. No, I list off the people. <laughs> sorry for the tic tac chewing. I'm almost done. <sighs> okay. Let's get really close and. I'm done. Wet my lips. That's disgusting. Yes, it is. Never do that again. I get grossed out when people ew, do that in movies. Ew. Did you know that I can't, <laughs> I can't stand, here's what I can't stand the sound of, like in films and even in cartoons, uh-huh. the sounds of people chewing mm-hmm. and the sounds of liquid being poured. Being poured? The, yeah. In the glasses and stuff like that. The, like it's, it's not all liquid being poured. It's certain. <laughs> it's that same wet sound. I don't like wet sounds. <laughs> So for those oh, of you out there God. listening at home, Lindsay doesn't like the words moist, moist flesh, flesh and apparently wet sounds. I also don't like <laughs> treats and baggies. Both of those words bother the me. The words do? Yeah. 
What the hell are those words bothersome? Um, stems from people Treats who used people who used to be in my life who used to say that so the those two words treats and baggies specifically. Okay. Certain ways that made me insane. Okay ex-boyfriend, then. Ex boyfriend's mothers. Okay then. You kids want an ice cream treat? No, God, no! <laughs> Stop! Stop offering us delicious treats of awesome. Stop saying treats. Oh, it's a gross word. <laughs> Moist treat flesh. Oh my god, in baggies. In Fuck ba- oh, you. Moist flesh <laughs> treats in baggies. <laughs> Welcome to the Gross Out Lindsay Hour. I'm going to rage quit the podcast real quick. Well, everybody, oh I guess I'll do god. the awards and then go home. You didn't let me do the summaries, no, I know, for I the know. record. <laughs> no, I thought because you, you said you were going to rage quit. So I'll I just, was going to like knock over the microphone and rage quit everything. I'll just do my section and then we'll end the podcast, I guess, this episode. Okay. <laughs> Upon admittance to a mental institution, a brash rebel rallies the patients to take on the oppressive head nurse. I like brash rebel rallies. Rash rebel rallies? Brash rebel rallies. Seashells, seashells, it's seashore. Yeah, it's good alliteration. Rash rebel rallies. Brash. Brash rebel. Oh, brash. I thought he had like a physical rash somewhere. No. (laughs) No. Does not have a rash. Maybe that's why Jack Nicholson's angry all the time. And my summary is... Your summary. Damn, why Nurse Ratchet got to be such a bitch all the time? Yeah, it's very true. Sorry, this is an explicit episode. Kids. Oh, hell, it's so explicit. Because you know what my first thing was going to be? <laughs> so explicit. Hell, it's so explicit. If I could have a so explicit tag on the website, <laughs> I would totally build a so explicit. <laughs> so totes explicit. You know, I, I I am the webmaster. I probably could add that. I'm not going to. because Webmaster. I'm the webmaster. I'm the, I'm the webmaster. Oh, Are this you is the number hoster? 15 on the top 250 on IMDb. Oh, interesting. Yes. Um, right off the bat, initial reactions regarding the film. Lindsay, go. Oh, I've always liked this movie. I like the book and I like the movie. I fucking love this movie. Jeff has strong feelings about this movie. I love, well, remember, I, I got up at one point while we were watching the movie. Yeah. And it looked like I just was like, I, it looked Jeff like. Jeff decided he needed to clean off his desk. I needed to clean my desk. In the middle of the movie. I was paying attention, and, but like I was cleaning off my desk and I'm like, oh no, I fucking love this movie. I just, I, I just no, need to stand you are, for a little bit. No, what did you say? You were madly in love with this movie. Yes, I am madly in love and completely movie. in love with this movie. I do. I, I. Is it how I felt about Philadelphia Story? Because I was madly in love with that. I movie. think so. I'm still and, madly. And in love I was me. truthfully, I was trying to think why. Okay, the Tic Tacs are away now. The Tic Tacs have left the building. Yeah, they're well, in my they purse now. They left the building. They're about four feet to her right, but they're yeah. in the building. They just they're in my bag now. <laughs> Elvis has not has left the stage. He's not out of the building yet. Yes, he's not left yet the building. They need to open the wide door. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That was an Elvis fat joke. I don't do those very often. Anyways, no, um, I was trying to figure out after I told you that, uh, after I told you that I was madly in love with this film, I was sitting there going, well, why am I madly in love with it? Because I want to bring it up on the podcast. Right. Couldn't think of a reason. <laughs> no, actually, it's the acting. The acting is... Oh, yeah, the acting is excellent. The acting and the story is really, really good. I like the story. I like the story, and I think every I will lend person, you the book if I want you want to, read to the book. borrow it. This is how serious I am about this movie. He wants to read the book. I want to read the book. I never want to read. I don't no. like reading. Jeff didn't read when we were on vacation. No. To be fair, I read about 70 pages on vacation. Oh, yeah. I read... Actually, I read 70 pages in my uh, Stephen King, <laughs> and then I read, like, 30 of my book that i was reading i read when i went to bed you guys realized that i didn't go to bed i stayed up for like another hour reading i'm just such an introvert that i had had too much too much people time oh by the way we're here so obviously uh holiday oh yeah we didn't kill anyone (laughs) or each other yeah like i didn't even want to be around colin at that point i'm just like get everyone get away from me no i sat and worked and wrote i need recharging time (laughs) 
Okay, Johnny Five. Um, so... <laughs> Introverted people Input. need recharging time. I'm well aware of that. Every single, like, almost every person in our group of friends is partially an introvert. Have you realized maybe this? maybe Kim. Kim is not. Kim likes people. <laughs> Kim's the only person who likes people Pretty in our much. group. <laughs> everybody else hates everybody. I haven't talked to Karen since we got back. <laughs> Anyways. I love um, her, but I haven't talked to her since we got back. So this, no, I, I liked this movie... I like the acting in it. I see why it won the awards that it. I will talk about yeah. in two seconds here. But it's, I just, I felt like, I thought it was well done. I mean, it's not a very complicated film. It takes place basically at like one location except for, <laughs> what, the opening credit and then when they go fishing. Like, that's yeah. the only time, and then, it, well, they, yeah, steal the boss and then go fishing. Like, that's the only time it ever leaves the asylum. Spoiler. I guess, but it was, it was, I just, I liked, I liked the acting. I felt like the performances given by all the actors in it were very well done. Agreed. So, well, let me do my awards section since okay. I briefly mentioned the awards. Sadly, there's no technology because it's a movie about Jack Nicholson being crazy. Yeah. So really not a much uh, technology involved there. Um, so this film had, this film, this film was well when it came to the awards. It was section. well. It was well. Uh, it had. It was not sickly. It was well. It was not sickly. There was no, you know, like, you know, sickness to it. It done, um, done good. It done, dear, done, doing good. I hit an ad on my device and, oh my God, where did I need to be? Go, <laughs> go back. There you we hit go. what? I hit an ad. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I thought you hit ad. Like you said ad. I'm like, oh. you hit what? IMDb now lets you add numbers together. Yeah. IMDb plus frick? calculators. It's yeah, like the okay. whole, uh, you yeah. know, batteries plus light bulbs. Yes. <laughs> you know, let's just combine random stuff together. Anyways. <laughs> oh I bumped the goodness. cord. The cord it doesn't pick up. It's Okay. It's when you bump that. that well, don't do that then. <laughs> Read your awards. All right. So this We're film. We're 10 minutes of the episode. We haven't done anything. We talked, we talked about the movie for four minutes. Uh, this film had a total of... Uh, over 50 awards nominations between Oscars and don't stare at me, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> nice non-blinking job there, Jack. Um, no, it had a total of nine Oscar nominations. Stop it. Not, stop. Oh, it makes my eyes burn. The air makes my eyes so, burn. <laughs> I'm just blocking you with my okay. iPad above the lamp. I'm stopping. Okay. Uh, no, it had a total of nine Oscar nominations the, then an additional stop it, and then an additional forty-two Oscar or uh, additional awards. You know, this is you know you just complain that we're ten minutes in and we haven't done anything, and you're just making me take forever to do my okay, section. Um, you made me lose. You totally made me lose my train of thought. You didn't even do anything that time. No, I literally looked down at my iPad. Goodness. Sorry. So yes, nine total Oscar nominations, an additional forty-two Oscar nom or uh, award nominations of different sorts. You probably don't like this ad for the strain very much, do you? No, I do not. <laughs> Excellent timing. Oh my god. Jeff doesn't like it when people like pry their eyelids apart and stuff. It grosses them out. That's why I don't wear contacts. Eyeball. No, stop it. Okay, so Oscars. <laughs> the the uh, awards that it was nominated for but did not win okay. for Oscars would be I best. What? I thought it won all of them. No, it did not. Oh. It was nominated for all of them. It didn't oh, win for all of them. Oh, gotcha. Uh, out of the nine, it won five of the nine. Yeah. So the ones that it did not win for, but was nominated for, was Best Music, Original Dramatic Score, okay. Best Film Editing, okay. Best Cinematography, okay. and Best Actor in a Supporting Role for, for Brad, Brad Dorf. Dorf. The ones that it did win for 
was best writing screenplay adapted from another material. Yep. So best adapted screenplay. Yep. Best director. Yep. Best actress in a leading role for Louise, Louise Fletcher. Fletcher. Best actor in a leading role for Jack, Jack Nicholson. This is Jack's. This is one of Jack's three Oscars that he was nominated for and won. He was the nominated ones for, for like. like oh. He sees something. Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. I hate when people say Reese's Pieces. It's Reese's It's Reese's Pieces. pieces. Uh, Jack Nicholson had been nominated for... Here's all the Oscars that he no, had been nominated for. just tell us the ones he won. Oh, it would have been this film, uh, ter- uh, Terms of Endearment, and then uh, As, as good, good As It, it gets. gets. Yeah. He was nominated for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The Departed is not in there. The no. Shining's not in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't care then. Batman is not in Batman. there. But he was also, as we previously mentioned, this is the second time Jack Nicholson has shown up on our AFI list because yes. he previously showed up in Easy Rider way back in the day. He's got one more too. And then, uh, yeah, he was also nominated back for Easy Rider. Anywho. Uh, back to the film, and then the final award that it had been nominated for, but then and one would have been best picture. I forgot he was in anger management. Uh, this film became the first film in forty-one years to sweep the major categories of best picture, director, actor, actress, and screenplay. Okay. That's what it. That I think I, I'm pretty positive that was one of your trivia. So I stole that. So it's the That's first fine. film in forty-one years that it took the big five awards, the important ones, really. Again, as we've discussed numerous times over and over and over again, it's usually it's the the main two actors, the picture, the writing, and the director. So, and then uh, the film was entered into the National Film Registry in 1993. I didn't know he was in the movie version of Tommy. The, the who the who song rock, thing rock opera. Yep, he was. I mean, he had he had a thing to do with um, the monkey's hair movie. No head head head. I always yeah. do that. I always call it hair. It's head. So I mean, like he was. He was... He was also on the Andy Griffith show for two episodes. Oh, my God. Really? Yep. <laughs> I mean, like, I know he's in the original Little Shop of Horrors from the 50s or also, the 60s. Also, a movie called Backdoor to Hell. Sounds like a porn. Does. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Sorry, just throwing that out there. Does sound like it'd be a porn. Are we just going through Jack Nicholson's uh, I, I IMDb am. credentials? I'm done now. But. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, and that's all the awards. Since there's no technology, nothing fun like that. Obviously, you can't talk pretty. much about much much oh, stuff. Oh, so pretty! <laughs> all I can say really is this movie just made me like hate old school. Like, yeah. Like medical well, treatments. To be for fair, stuff. some mental patients are not treated well still. To no, I know, and that's me- the, people with that's mental illnesses need to be treated better by society. We're just gonna put that little sticker in there, and just that's where we're gonna leave that be. I don't want to get all political about it. So when it comes to the way that they're treated... They're not treated very usually, well. Sorry, usually when we say, I'm just going to do that tiny little thing, we go off onto a tangent. No, I mean... I have nothing I, no, I don't want to add No, we're just going to leave it at yeah. that. I will agree, they're not treated... They're not treated... I mean, they they're treated, treated better, better but yes. not as well as they should And be. then we're not saying that all places treat people badly, because there's places... The places got a hell of a lot better in the Yes. Years, but it's... But there I mean, sometimes we as a country don't treat those with mental illness very well. Yeah. Anyway, I'm off my soapbox. Yeah, I'm gonna get that off my soapbox. <laughs> but I'm so tall. <laughs> I'm almost as tall as Chief. <laughs> he could play basketball well. He could. Yawning. Yes, because Are I'm about yawning? to do trivia, and yes. I have a Pavlovian response to yawning when I'm about to do trivia because you have it beaten into me. <laughs> One. <laughs> Yes, secretly, was two. secretly all this time, whenever I yawned, I was actually beating uh, Lindsay so God. she continued to yawn. 
Okay. It's an abusive podcast. It is. Trivia. 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 Callback for episodes like 40 episodes ago. Yeah. Go. Many extras were authentic mental patients. Awesome. Louise Fletcher was so upset with the fact that the other actors could laugh and be happy while she had to be so cold and heartless that near the end of the production, she removed her dress and stood only in her panties to prove to the actors that she was not a cold-hearted monster. Excuse me while I try to find a picture of this. (laughs) Author Ken Kesey was so bitter about the way the filmmakers were butchering his story that he vowed never to watch the completed film and even sued the movie's producers because it wasn't shown from Chief's perspective as the novel is. Years later, he claimed to be laying in bed flipping through TV channels when he settled onto a late night movie that looked sort of interesting, only to realize after a few minutes that it was indeed this film. He then changed the channel. You know what's sad is it took him a <laughs> couple Years later, <laughs> doctors would tell me I have an IQ of 48 and in what some people call mentally retarded. <laughs> Anytime it says years later, I just think of Brick and Anchorman <laughs> standing, putting the mayoed, the mayonnaise in the toaster. Yeah. Years later. Okay. During filming, a crew member running cables left a second-story window open at the Oregon State Mental Hospital where they were filming. And an actual patient... That's two. I tried to camouflage it. Oh, my goodness. (sighs) And an actual patient climbed through the bars and fell to the ground, injuring himself. The next day, the Statesman Journal in Salem, Oregon, reported the incident with the headline on the front page as, One Flew Out of the Cuckoo's Nest. (laughs) The script called for McMurphy to leap on a guard and kiss him when first arriving at the hospital. During filming, director Milos Forman decided that the guard's reaction wasn't strong enough and told Jack Nicholson to jump on the other guard instead. This surprised the actor playing the second guard greatly, and in some versions, he can be seen punching Nicholson. (laughs) What? (laughs) Because he scared him. Will Sampson, who plays Chief, was a park ranger in Oregon in a park near where the movie was filmed. He was selected for the part because he was the only Native American the casting department could find who matched the character's incredible size. Hmm. Most of Jack Nicholson's scenes with Dean R. Brooks upon arriving at the hospital were improvised, including his slamming a stapler, asking about a fishing photo, and discussing his rape conviction. Brooks's reactions were authentic. Director Milos Forman relied heavily on reaction shots to pull more characters into scenes. In some group therapy scenes, there were 10 minutes of Jack Nicholson's reaction filmed, even if he had very little dialogue. The shot of Louise Fletcher looking icily at Nicholson after he returns from shock therapy was actually her irritated reaction to a piece of direction from Foreman. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Jack Nicholson, Danny DeVito, and Vincent Schiavelli played the inmates of an asylum. All three would end up as bat as villains in Tim Burton's Batman films. Nicholson as the Joker in Batman from 1989, and DeVito and Schiavelli were the Penguin and the Order gri- Organ Grinder, respectively, in Batman Returns from 1992. In 93, the movie was deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the United States Library of Congress and selected for preservation in the National Film Registry. Which you, like, I know why it's preserved. Yeah. Like, flat out, there's no question why this movie was put into the National Film Registry. It's a very much so a snapshot of a period of, well, like, medical-related... It's set in 1963. Yes. Yeah, I had to look it up. Yeah. Because I wanted it for the Inflation Nation. I had to look to see when the story, because I knew the the original book came out in 63, so I didn't know if if it was dated in that time, or if it was sooner or later, so... I spit water all over myself. I'm good. Lindsay's got a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. 
second of only three films to win every major Academy Award, including Best Picture. There you go. Oh! Thanks a lot. Oh! Thanks a lot, thumb. Oh, my thumb, it turned it off. The final scene was shot in one take, whereas the party scene took four nights. <laughs> what did I say? The final shot, the final scene was shot in one take. Oh. Many of the actors stayed in character even when the cameras weren't rolling. I think he would have to because some of those guys looked like they were really into it. And I think yeah. if you broke character, you wouldn't be able to get back into it so easily. With the exception of the fishing segment, which was filmed last, the film was shot in sequence. Nicholson took a percentage of the profits in lieu of a small salary for a modestly budgeted film. The move paid off when the picture went on to gross well over $120 million. Yeah, smart move there, Jack. <laughs> Many people incorrectly remember this film as being directed by Stanley Kubrick, which we actually did early in the podcast. Yes. Not this episode, but earlier in the, the episodes we've recorded, who directed A Clockwork Orange. Was a similar theme? That wasn't a oh, yaw. I swallowed. Sorry, I was looking at my iPad. Jeez. I just assumed you paused. Who directed A Clockwork Orange <laughs> from 1971 with a similar theme of criminal reformation therapy and The Shining, 1980, with a similar theme of Jack Nicholson's madness and an appearance by Scatman Crothers. This film is often considered the best non-Kubrick Kubrick film. It does feel like it could be an early Kubrick film to a degree. But at the same time, it doesn't have a lot of his stylistic choices in it that no. he would have put in the movie. Like after now having after having rewatched like Doctor Strangelove and what else do we watch? Oh, uh, One Flew Over the No No Anna, Clockwork, Clockwork Orange. Orange. Um, you can you visually see yeah. his style in those films, and you know it's like I okay, just he watched The those. Shining. The film was shown in Swedish cinemas between 1975 and 1987, which was which was and still is a record. You know what we're doing for a Halloween one? What? We're watching The Shining. There we go. We were talking off oh mic about what special episodes we're going to do to try and push um, It's a Wonderful Life closer to Christmas. We'll watch The Shining. We'll watch the Thank Shining. you. That, Thank you. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Why we didn't think of that. Sooner. I don't know. Holy crap. Okay, sorry. Continue. Sorry, I did not mean to interrupt you. <laughs> Ooh, they have job openings at the Oregon State Hospital. Sweet. When Louise Fletcher neared the end of her best Oscar acceptance speech, she finished with a unique touch, a first in American Sign Language. She said, for my mother and my father, I wanted to say thank you for teaching me to have a dream. You are seeing my dream come true. Thank you. Kirk Douglas, who owned the rights, planned to star himself, but by the time they got around to making the film, he was too old. So that's why... Nah. This that's, is Kirk that's why, Douglas. I know, I know, I know, but that's... Probably why that's the connection. Then stop stepping on my trivia. I know I didn't say anything yet. That's why I was I trying to avoid I know, saying I know, stuff. I know. I know. Casting crew had become accustomed to working with extras and supporting crew members who were inmates at the Oregon State Mental Hospital. Each member of the professional cast and crew inevitably worked closely with at least two to three mental patients. Angelica Houston can be seen uh, in the crowd on the pier when the fishing excursion returns. This is an interesting trivia fact. It's a little long, but it's interesting. <sighs> shut up. <laughs> Rumors that production shut down because Jack Nicholson had hair plugs implanted are false. This can be verified by actually looking at his scalp. The story, as related by production designer Paul Silbert, was that Nicholson and director Milos Forman had very different ideas about how the narrative should play out. 
For example, Foreman thought that the ward should be in Bedlam when McMurphy shows up, and Nicholson posited that his character would have had absolutely no effect on the mental patients if they were already riled up, which would have negated the purpose of his character and therefore much of the plot. Nicholson and Foreman both refused to give an inch, each believing he was right and the other was wrong. The two months that Nicholson was supposed to have disappeared was actually closer to two weeks, and he didn't disappear. In actuality, Nicholson spearheaded a coup among the other actors and refused to let Foreman run rehearsals, running them himself instead. During production, Nicholson and Foreman spoke to each other through the cinematographer, but faked a friendly relationship when the media and studio personnel would show up to the set. This is one explanation why Nicholson does not appear on any of the DVD special features. Huh. Okay, so... So, Nicholson said that it... So, so who was it, the director? Yeah. The director wanted it so that way the, the inmates were already... Riled up. Riled up before he showed up. Yeah. But Nicholson said that that was stupid because the... It then what would be the point? Yeah, because the whole point of his character is to get there and to rile them yeah. up to the point. Okay. Well, that yeah, okay. But, um, in all fairness, Nicholson is correct. Yeah. He is correct in that matter. Kirk Douglas possessed the movie rights for a long time before his son Michael Douglas finally started the project. He is an executive executive producer? Or just producer? I think just producer. To which case, in the opening credits, I went, that Michael Douglas? Yeah, I went, no. No. Yes, that Michael Douglas. <laughs> Louise Fletcher was signed... A week before filming began, after auditioning repeatedly over six months, director Milos Foreman had told her each time that she wasn't approaching the part correctly, but kept calling her back. Danny DeVito reprised his performance from a 1971 Broadway off-Broadway revival. So he was in it when it was off-Broadway. Doing off-Broadway. Because uh, it was a book that got turned into a play, play the an off-Broadway play, yeah. And then they made the movie based upon the book. Marlon Brando and Gene Hackman were offered the McMurphy role before Jack Nicholson. Burt Reynolds was also reportedly considered as McMurphy. The Reynolds, sorry, Burt Reynolds. The Reynolds wouldn't have made sense. I could see Marlon Brando or Gene. Actually, I could really see Gene Hackman as this character. I can picture that. Like French Connection era Gene yeah, Hackman, yeah. I could so see him portraying McMurphy. I like Jack Nicholson doing it yeah. by all means. The story was based on author Ken Kesey's experiences while working at the Veterans Administration Hospital in Palo Alto, California. <laughs> McMurphy was also originally offered to James Kahn. Most of the major studios turned down the film, one of the reasons being that it took so long to get made, which is one of the reasons, yeah, one of the reasons why. Um, uh, sorry. Accepting the Best Picture Award, producer Michael Douglas said that Cuckoo's Nest was the first picture since it happened one night to receive the four major Oscars. However, Douglas incorrectly stated that Capra's classic's year of release as 1937, not 1934. Why did I read that? That wasn't interesting. It started off interesting and then it was boring. Boo! <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You don't boo me. (laughs) (laughs) Louise Um, Fletcher was in preparation to begin filming Nashville, while Lily Tomlin was set to play the role of Nurse Ratchet. Ultimately, the two actresses switched their roles in the two films, which we both we've seen both of. Yes, yes, we have. And those, I think, those two actresses they could have flip flopped those roles just fine. Like I could see Lily Tomlin as as Nurse Ratchet, but I think Louise Fletcher does a better job at it. Kirk Douglas starred in the 1963 Broadway production after buying the film rights prior to publication. 
He later passed the film rights to his son, Michael, but kept a percentage of the profits. Every major studio had declined to make the film during the period he was trying to star in it. Kirk had met Milos Forman in Prague while on a State Department tour and promised to send him the book after deciding he would be a good director for the film. The book never arrived, probably confiscated by censors of the Czech government, which was communist at the time. Ken Kesey wrote a screenplay for the production, but Forman rejected it because Kesey insisted on keeping Chief's first-person narrative. Which... The movie, okay, and I even brought that up. Like, the movie starts off strictly from Jack Nicholson's character. Yeah. And then about halfway through it, it starts shifting over to Chief's point of view. Yeah. Like, not necessarily point of view, but it starts focusing on yeah. the Chief. And it, it was... Once we find out that Chief is not deaf or dumb. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, okay, so then it switches over to him, and it basically kind of is... I understand is, why they didn't initially do it from his point of view, because if he's supposed to be deaf and dumb, mm-hmm. it kind of, like, it would be hard to... How do you explain yeah. what they're saying and exactly. all that stuff? Yeah, like, exactly. It, it gives away the concept that he's not. Yeah, he's faking. In yeah. the first two seconds of the film, basically. Right. Faye Dunaway and Audrey Hepburn turned down the role of Nurse Ratched. There's a rumor that Jack Nicholson underwent electroshock therapy for this scene where his character does. He l- It says ECT therapy. It's electric shock therapy. It's electroshock therapy. Yeah. If you watch Don't that, try to make it nice, that's what it was. His performance of it, like he gets his he yeah. his whole body turns red. Like yeah. he's it's really meh, into it. Meh. I wonder if they did. I, I actually meh. wonder if they gave him a small shock just so that we can react to it. Probably. Not yeah. yeah, not to the extent or they would have in reality, but enough for him to have felt it to his have his body react and then have him just prolong it. Mm-hmm. Cause he did a great job on it. During most of the film shooting. Five? Yeah. William Redfield, <laughs> who plays Harding, was ill. He died several months after the film was complete. That's sad. Dean R. Brooks was a psychiatrist and director of the Oregon State Hospital where the film was made. During filming, Brooks correctly diagnosed Redmond with the leukemia that would kill him 18 months later. The women's lib movement was in full swing. Many actresses didn't want to touch such an unsympathetic role as Nurse Ratched. At the time, this was the seventh biggest grossing film of all time. Louise Fletcher got the part of Nurse Ratched mainly because she could embody evil without knowing it. She believes she's helping people even when she isn't. That's true. If you watch her performance, she you can tell us that she's obviously like she in her head she feels she, she she's in control and it, it looks like she likes the fact that yeah. she's in control of those people, but at the same time you almost kind of wonder if she knows that what she's doing is bad. You know, it, it's it's a weird borderline of is she legitimately feeling that she's doing yeah. right or wrong by this? The play opened on Broadway in New York City in November of 19... Sorry, on the 13th of November, 1963, which was Colin's, is Colin's birthday, <laughs> and closed on January 25th, 1964, after 82 performances. The opening night cast included Kirk Douglas as McMurphy, William Daniels as Harding, and Gene Wilder as Billy Bibbit. You know who William Daniels is? Why do I know that name? He's Feeny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Feeny. Wow. Feeny. I would like to have seen that, actually. That, that would have been actually a pretty entertaining performance. Feeny. <laughs> oh, Boy Meets World. Who doesn't love Boy Meets World? <laughs> if, you're, if you're a part of our generation, you, you have to like it. It's in our contract. It is. It's in our like birth certificates and stuff. 
So quick randomness. Yeah. The guy who wrote the play version. Yeah. Dale uh, Wasserman. Yeah. From Rhinelander. Nice. Lived to be ninety four. Nice. Died like five to die what six years ago in oh, Arizona. Wow. Yeah. Jack Nicholson thought playing the part of a mental patient was a very challenging role. I bet because like, you could just come off looking goofy if you don't do it right. To call Ken Kesey's time at the VA hospital in Palo Alto is misleading. While a graduate student in creative writing at Stanford, he volunteered for experiments on the effects of LSD, which gave rise to the many surreal parts of the novel, deleted along with the narrator's role by Milos Forman. Kesey's experience with LSD led to the legendary bus trips, the trip festivals, and all the events chronicled in Tom Wolfe's The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. <laughs> which is where tune-in, turn-on, drop-out comes from, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, bum, 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 bum. That's a weird trivia thing you I just know. gave me there. That's weird. 20th Century Fox, spoilers by the way, 20th Spoiler. Century Fox was at one point interested in distributing the film and agreed to finance the entire production if they rewrote the ending to allow McMurphy to live. No. I haven't even read the book and I'll tell you right now, the ending as it is is perfect. The char- It's sad. That's the, the point. Sorry, continue. <laughs> I'm done. The character Ellis is shown to have a, lot of, a lobotomy in a deleted scene, which is why he's withdrawn throughout the movie, foreshadowing McMurphy in the final scene. And during rehearsals for the climatic scene where Chief smothers McMurphy, Sidney Lassick got so upset that he had to be removed from the set. Sidney Lassick played Cheswick. Glasses. Yeah. Who starts screaming about his cigarettes. If they were in character. Yeah. That's nuts. Oh, also... Ken, or not Ken Kesey, Milos Forman wanted a star as, like, you know, the main person, and mm-hmm. then mostly a cast of unknowns, so that they would view him as their leader. Like, okay. the as Jack Lucasson, as their leader, so they would be more like the tone of the relationship of the patients to ja- to um, McMurphy in the movie. Got it. Yeah, because everybody else in this movie were fairly... We're actually pretty well unknown. I mean, we're yeah. unknown at that point, yeah. Danny DeVito and Christopher Lloyd are in it, but these are. It's Christopher like, Lloyd and Danny DeVito's first movie. Yeah. So, but it's like nowadays you watch it go, oh, yeah, I totally. And yeah, Brent exactly. Durf and all that. Yeah. like, oh, yeah, I know who they are. They went mm-hmm. on to do great things in yeah. the 80s, but, and, you know, everybody and knows now, but it's stuff. like, oh, Not yeah, back the then. 80s. Well, I know. I'm just in relationship yes. to the film. I'm, yes, I understand what you mean. Well, I understand better. I'm just sad. I don't feel sad. I don't care. Get over it. I'm over it, eh? Get over it, eh? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Randomness. Take the shot, eh? Sorry. Are you all done? Yeah, I'm done. Was that your last one? That was the end. Sorry, I was I was just riffing. The I end. thought you were still surfing. The, the end. end. Well, I have only a couple little things to talk about for Inflation Nation. Okay. And stuff and things with Jeff. Um, I will do. Uh, I'll do Inflation Nation because actually they're. Both pretty short, so and then we'll get on to the final discussion, and then we'll be done with the episode. Yay! So, Yay! Uh, Inflation Nation. There is a scene where uh, Jack Nicholson's Carrie McMurphy is going was betting everybody uh, that he could lift the the, the, the like the, the wash the, the station. Wash, the, yeah, yeah, it's a sink essentially. Yeah, and people were it's betting like marble. <laughs> the people were betting different amounts of money that he could pick it up. So, uh, Tabber bet Christopher Lloyd's character bet a dollar. That's the equivalent of. And by the way, I went from 1963, as I said earlier. When the story takes place, right. not the year that the movie came right. out. Uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd's character bet a dollar. That's seven dollars and seventy-seven cents. Okay. Uh, Martini bet ten cents or a dime is mm-hmm. what he said. That's the equivalent to seventy-eight cents. 
And then Harding bet $25. That's the equivalent of $194.36. Jeez. Yeah. Spoiler. He didn't pick it up, and I don't think he paid those guys. There's a lot of interest now tacked onto it because it's like 40 years old. Anyways. Uh, ten, and then finally, $10 was... I figured it out. Okay. In the sequence where um, McMurphy sneaks Candy and Rose in with the alcohol and... Uh, uh, Turkle, the security yeah. guard, played by Scatman Carruthers. Uh, uh, McMurphy hands him money. I missed, I could not hear if he actually said how much it was, but I'm almost positive the bill he was giving him was a 10. Yeah, that's what we decided. So the equivalent of that would have been $77.75. So he basically just handed him almost 100 bucks right. to keep his mouth shut or let him keep sneak the window. And ultimately it made him lose his job. So that's all I had for Inflation Nation. It was a really short list. And then... Uh, oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, and then st- and that was it. Like, there wasn't a lot of money talking in this movie. And then uh, the stuff and things I with Jeff is only two. Oh, no, okay. Because I was enjoying the movie, yeah. and I couldn't write anything funny for it. Uh, number one, Danny DeVito is not Matt Myra. Brad no. Dorif is not uh, Anton Yelkin. Anton and Cr- Yelchin. Yelchin, sorry. Try to pronounce that correct, and I still didn't do it. Uh, check off from yes. Star Trek, for you people who maybe don't know. And then Christopher Lloyd is not... Well, no, he actually is Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. Marty! Every time he opened his mouth and said a line, we ended it with him shouting Marty. <laughs> and, then, and I was waiting for the time where he uh, was going to slip and fall, so that way I could yell that he invented time travel at this point, Doc. Yes. <laughs> and then number two for stuffing things with Jeff. This is the sequel to The Shining, right? We d- attempted to figure out how this could possibly be the sequel to The Shining, but Scatman Carruthers is a lie. Oh, wait a minute! What if... Turkle is a figment of McMurphy's imagination. Because <laughs> you don't really see, I mean, I guess there is other interaction. The nurse interacts with him. But what if it's all part of his head? And in reality, this is after, nice, this is after uh, the, uh, the the events. Like they, they found him in the field. They thawed him out and they took him to the asylum. And he's, you know, he doesn't remember a whole lot because basically he was, you know, Put into carbonite freezing or whatever, frozen in the in, in the fields of north. Right. So what if this is the sequel? I love I this love idea, it. Jeff. One flew over the cuckoo's nest is the sequel to The Shining. Okay. I'm going with this, and I will bring it up when we watch The Shining. Okay. It'll be fun. I can't believe we finally figured out what we're gonna do for Halloween. I can't believe it took us a year of bitching that the movie's not I on know. the podcast to oh, not yeah. think about we'll it. Watch it for the Halloween episode. That is such the brain. It's just the yeah. Anyways, summertime. So that's my brain is atrophying. (laughs) So that's all I have for stuff and things and Inflation Nation. Final thoughts regarding the movie. It's still as good as I remember it being. Mm -hmm. I'm glad it's on the list. Me too. I'm well aware while it's on the list. I'm well aware why it was in the National Film Registry. Yeah. It's a. It's a. I don't want to say it's a fun film. It's not a fun film. It's a very intriguing film because it, it keeps you... It's actually quicker paced than I recall it being when I watched it in high school. Yeah. I felt like it was a lot slower back then. Me too. But for whatever reason, the movie seems to go fairly well, fairly fast. It it has a nice speed to it. It doesn't It doesn't really get you bored because it... it it progresses enough as a story... Right. ...for it to actually keep you intrigued. And kind of keep you watching. Now, maybe maybe there's people out there who don't, you know, who aren't going to like it. And that's fine. But I, that's fine. I do. I I am madly in love with this film. Hooray. What did you say? You you, you liked it? Yeah, I really like this you movie. You really liked yeah, it? Yeah, I okay. really like it. I couldn't remember. Madly in love's a little strong. But hey, I really no, like it's it. fine. You know, it's fine. You know, it's 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 not, you know, it's not easy writer. Gordon, I was not. <laughs> 
smooth, easy rider, and you know it. I know. It's funny. You know what I did love? Philadelphia Annie Hall. Story. Oh, Annie Hall, yes. Annie and Hall Philadelphia was story. really good. Thomas will be so pleased. Yes, did he will be. That? Yeah. I saw, yes, we saw that. And that, yeah. I'm, I feel I'm, bad. I still haven't responded back to him as to why I don't like My Fair Lady. I'll get on it. I'm sorry. You realize that was like, at the time of this release, I was know. like three months ago. Hopefully I'll have done it since then. I'm horrible. We do we do read all the comments. We do. Trust me. All the comments on the Facebook page. We don't give a crap about the iTunes page anymore. No, nope. um, you but can suck it. Because we don't Unless care. Unless you said nice things. And then we love you to death because you're amazing people. Um, but uh, yeah, we don't care about that anymore because we like our podcast. And you know what? I don't think at this point we're going to stop with this podcast. You no. know, we're not going to like stop the list when we're almost no, just over 30 movies to go. We're so close, Lindsay. It's going to be so good. I love it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I recommend, would you, you obviously, would you recommend oh, watching yeah, this movie? Oh, yeah, of course I would. I'm pretty sure that a lot of yes, people of have seen. Yes, of course I am. <laughs> Lindsay, are you listening to the question I just Yes, no, I was no. then quoting Parks and Rec. I know, I know, I know. I was, yes, of course I, I am. Playing. John Ralphio. Uh, <laughs> I love John Ralphio. Have you watched Parks and Rec I have not yet? You should any. watch Parks and no, Rec. No, I know, I know. It's on my list of shows to okay. watch. I finished House of Cards and now I'm moving on to other Colin's stuff, gonna so. watch it without me. I'm not all that intrigued by Which it. one House of Cards? Yeah. You But don't... he's dawdling on Orange is the New Black, so there's that. In my opinion, you don't need to like political dramas. You don't even need to know squat about the government because it's just a really good revenge story. But I just started as of the recording of this one tree hill, and there's nine seasons of that I have to get through. There is twenty-six episodes <laughs> of House of Cards. I know. It's two seasons worth the material. I need stuff that I can put on in the background while I knit that's not uh, totally can. engaging. House of yeah. Cards, you have to watch and you have to pay attention. Yeah, I well, good luck with me doing that. I know. I attempted to watch it in the room with other people and I had to turn it off after 10 minutes because people were talking. Yeah. And I couldn't, I missed like a half a dozen lines of dialogue and I missed a whole subplot for three episodes. I watched Scrooged. Yes, you did I watch really Scrooged. I really liked it. It's a very good movie. It's very It's funny. Metascore is fucking terrible. Yeah, because it's one it's of those... It's Metascore's like 43. It's because it's one of those movies where people... I don't think the reviewers understood what... Well, and they, I, I was expecting... It. Compl- wild topic change, everybody. Yeah, I was expecting it to be... Because I know it's dark. Mm-hmm. It's but I was dark. expecting it to not have that nice of an ending. Oh, yeah. It has Based a upon wonderful ending. I love the ending. I teared up at the end. <laughs> <laughs> the little boy. Ugh. Lindsay was fanning herself like she was. Most um, Christmas carols make me sad. Yes. Like, not sad, but I tear up. That's the thing. I've... Muppet Christmas Carol. God damn it. Well, the freaking When Love Is Found reprise at the end, it starts off as a negative song, which uh, they freaking cut out. Oh my of God. The movie. Here we go again. And then you do a reprise of it? It doesn't make sense. The impact's gone. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anywho, what is the next movie on our list, Lindsay? Oh, next I know movie. what it is. The next movie is from 1976. Mm. It is the part of the trilogy. Movie? Star Wars? No, that's later. <laughs> I know. We're watching The Godfather Part 2. <laughs> yes, we are watching Part 2 prior to watching part, part 1. one. Well, we've seen The Godfather, so yes. don't worry. I'm, a, I'm Sicilian. It's required reading. We're going to eat Italian food either yes, during are. it or before it because I can't watch another... Italian mafia, Goodfellas, Goodfellas, I couldn't even hear. I think we went out for Mexican after Goodfellas too, 
Or about four Goodfellas, one of the two. So what we're going to do is we're just going to like order a whole bunch of like, I just want Italian garlic bread. Up. I don't even give a yeah, shit. Yeah, I just want my cheese bread. I just want garlic bread. There's and a, maybe ravioli. Those are really great. Or tortellini. Um, <gasps> no, I want tortellini and garlic bread. There you go. And hopefully not spill my Diet Coke all over yeah. myself like I did last time. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> all over my There's pants. a really good uh, like mom and pop. I call anything that's not a chain basically yeah. a mom and pop. Lowest occasion. It's been around since like 88, 86. It's about yeah. the time we were born. I thought they just said something about 26 years. So, yeah, so it would yeah. be 88. Ace, that would have been Ace in the... Yeah. Ace 7. Yeah. So, and it was right next it's to called our, Italian House. Yeah. The <laughs> Italian House. It was right next to our high school, and yep. we all... In a uh, tiny little room, uh, restaurant that's, like, not much bigger than where we record. Yeah. Now it moved into the Hardee's next door, and it's amazing. It's a really nice restaurant. Not open on Sundays. Hey, hey, it's God's day. I know. Let them have I don't a day shower off. on Sundays. <laughs> it's God's day. I don't well, shower. <laughs> I do now because I have to go to work the next morning. But yeah, still. that's gross. Um, you're gross. You're gross. So Italian, yeah, Italian food and The Godfather Part Two. Yep. God, I don't remember the. I haven't. I, you know, I sound like a broken record, but I'm dead serious. I have not watched so many of these movies since high school. I'm purposefully not watching some of them. Just because we know that they're coming up, basically. Yeah. And it's it's good because then you can you can actually that way you're not watching it again going okay I already saw this and you have more to talk about right. when you rewatch it like this, but uh, yeah. yeah 1987 is when they open. So what we'll yep. do you know what we're gonna do then we will take a picture of our our dining <laughs> yes, experience we should and then we'll post it on the website okay for the Godfather that sounds good we'll do that and then we'll have to do it again when we go see when we watch Godfather Part One yes we'll have to do it again sadly Colin will not be guest. Yes. guest watching this with us. We were going to have Because Colin we're here. not going to be free that weekend. Yeah, it's my fault. Yep. I'm busy. So much it's stuff fine. going on. Fine. We're technically really busy that weekend too, so it's fine. You know, it'll all be on my Instagram. People just go find me there. You'll see Woo! what I'm you'll see what I'm doing on my Instagram basically. <laughs> Anyways, this episode's 45 minutes long. We Woo-hoo! need to wrap things up. Uh so yeah, next week is the the Godfather. Oh, you wait, wait, wait. Um uh where, part two. where this one was on the list. Where was that on the list? It's good. Are we okay it, with it? Yeah, it dropped 10, 13 spots because it was at number 20. I don't think it needs to be at number 20. No, I love it. But I think it's movie, good here. It's in the top 40. I'm happy with it being in the top 40 because I Me feel like too. the performances are great in it. So I'm glad it's, I'm, I like where it's at. It's perfectly fine. Yes. So, okay. I just, because I'm trying to remember us for us to do that because we forgot to do that for a handful of episodes and I'm just trying to keep us on track. Right. So. All right. Well, Lindsay. Jeffrey. I, I know. It's all uphill from here. Yay. Yay. Oh my goodness. It's all uphill from here now. You sound like the Jack in the Box from Rudolph. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's, yeah, probably, actually, I think it's the actor who did, that I was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good night, Radio Raheem. No one wants a Charlie in the box. No one wants a Charlie in the box. That's so... That was terrible. <laughs> ridiculous. All right, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, goodbye. everybody. I didn't get to say good night to CK Dexterhaven. What are you going to say now? Say good night, CK Dexterhaven. <laughs> I like you stubborn. <laughs> Well, good night, C.K. Dexter Haven. You got me all flustered because you were going to end the episode. Good night to C.K. Dexter Haven. (laughs) Say good night, C.K. Dexter Haven. Good night, C.K. Dexter Haven. (laughs) Now I'm going to go back to finding out whether I can watch Hannibal online or not. Oh, my goodness. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Godfather, part two. Woo! Firing guns and Italian food. Pew, pew, pew. Bang, 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 bang. There was a lot. Bang. There was a lot of bullets in that stick shooter. <laughs> there was. <laughs> Bang.
Hello Internet Dwellers, this is Jeff Bell, president of the Ghost Hat Network, here at the end of this episode to give a quick plug about some of our other exciting shows. But wait a minute, Jeff, you have other shows? Why, yes, random listener, we do. If you head over to ghosthat.net, you can find a heap of shows we produce on a semi-regular basis. Like... Super Happy Fun Time, the podcast where Colin Kirchner and myself sit one-on-one and talk movies, TV, video games, and other big things we care about. The Midnight Sleuth, a comedy detective mystery show in the style of old-time radio that follows the adventures of Midnight Sleuth and his partner, Linda Talbot, as they solve crimes, stop the bad guys, and poke fun at the source material. Famous Person Story Time, a podcast where celebrities retell their favorite nursery rhymes or fairy tales as best as they can remember it, even if that memory is completely wrong. So if you're in need of some new shows to listen to on your commute, while working out, or simply relaxing at home, be sure to head over to ghosthat.net now and subscribe to our shows. For more information about this and other projects, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net or like us on Facebook at facebook.com ghosthat.